Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's up, y'all, and welcome back into another episode of Believe in the ATP Tour. I'm your host, Jacob Sersosimo, and today you're listening on the Believe Network. Now, we got a lot to get to in this episode. We got something to talk about that I haven't really talked about in the last couple of weeks, like at all. So we're going to get going on the Davis Cup and kind of what's going on over there. And then obviously with Roger Federer announcing his retirement, we'll touch on that again. If you want to know more about that, I had an emergency podcast I let out the day he announced that. And so you can go listen to that. That'd be my last podcast right here on this channel. And then we'll also get into the Labor Cup, which is this upcoming weekend, which is where Roger Federer is retiring. So a lot to get to. Actually, another player stepped away from the tour. We'll get to that at the end as well. But let's start with the Davis Cup and what's going on with the Davis Cup. So this is the quali- the, This is like the qualies, the uh, group stage, as you will, um, at various different places around Europe. And there's a bunch of teams in this. Uh, there's Group A, Group B, Group C, Group D. And I'm just going to kind of touch on what's going on because this actually doesn't end, it looks like, until uh, pretty much the Thanksgiving week in November. It doesn't end until the 22nd to the 27th in November is when everything kind of happens. So nothing really finalizes until then. So this is just kind of the original group stage and getting things underway. So Italy in their group stage was Italy, Croatia, Sweden, and Argentina. Italy wiped the floor there, as you would expect. Italy's got guys like, uh, I, I believe Lorenzo Musetti is on the team, Matera Bertini, Yannick Sinner, and then you got Lorenzo Sinego. So this team, I think, is stacked. They go 3-0, as they should have. They beat Argentina 2-1, Croatia 3-0, and then Sweden 2-1. So I think that team's stacked. The only thing they don't really have is any true doubles players. So that could hurt them in the long run. When you go to Group B, Spain and Canada, uh, they have Korea and Serbia in this. I'm not really worried about either of those teams. Serbia, I don't I don't believe Novak Djokovic is on this team. As a matter of fact, he is not on this team. So I'm not really terribly interested in this group. Spain, obviously good. They're always good. Rafa's not in this team, on this team. But they got Carlos Alcaraz, Batista Gut, and... Uh, Ramos Vanillas. So they got good guys on this team, and I'm not really worried about that team. But this Canada team is really good, and they always seem to find guys that can play really well. I'm surprised that Chapo's not on the team, but uh, Pospisil and Felix Ogiel-Yassim is on the squad. And FAA's been playing really good tennis lately, so I expect him to keep doing big things. Uh, both those teams go 2-1 and one in this section of the bracket. Group C, Germany, Australia, France, and Belgium. Uh, Germany takes the cake here, as you would kind of expect. Germany usually has a pretty good team. Alex Zverev is on it. Struff is on it. And Oscar Ott. Those are all, you know, quality guys on tour, so you'd expect them to do well. You look at Australia. They got they don't have Nick Kyrgios, but they have uh, Tanasi Kakanakis. They have Damon Neuer. They have Kubler, Purcell. So Purcell, a good doubles guy to have on the squad. So... They got some guys, and then let's go to Group D, uh, U.S., Netherlands, Great Britain, and uh, Kazakhstan. Netherlands actually wins this stage. They go 3-0. and Who's on this Netherlands team? Uh, oh, Van de Janschulpt? That's really it. I'm surprised they – I was surprised they played so well in this tournament. U.S. has Tommy Paul, Taylor Fritz, Sebastian Korda. I would expect them to do maybe a little bit better. Uh, and then the Great Britain team is also kind of stacked. They have – uh, they have Daniel Evans, Andy Murray, and Cam Norrie. So 
there are some big names playing in this tournament. Not giant names as you would maybe expect for the Davis Cup, but maybe we'll see what happens when this comes a little closer. So when it comes a little closer to the end. Now, what's going on is the group stage just got done and the knockout stage, like I said, will be in November. Um, so out of all the teams that I just mentioned that get into the main draw, uh, I just went through all the groups. Then it gets into the quarterfinals and that's kind of what's going to be happening in November. Now, Russia will not be playing in this year's tournament, even though they would get an automatic bid into the finals because they made it or they won it last year, so they'd be in the quarters no matter what. Uh, but they, because of the Russian invasion and Ukraine, they're not allowed to play this year, uh, so they're suspended. I still think they have the best team. You look at Hachinov, you look at Karatsev, you would have Rublev and Medvedev. All those guys would be on this team. I think by far they would have the best, best team. I mean, even if all the best players from every country played, I still think this would be the best squad there is. I mean, hands down. You you can't name it another team that has that many good players. Four legit studs. Top 20, at least three top 20 players. And one of them was number one in the world for a long time. I think they would have the best team. Spain would give them a run for the money if Rafa played and Alcaraz and stuff, but I still think those guys would wipe the floor. Uh, in the quarters now, uh, Italy will play the U.S., Germany will play Canada, Australia will play the Netherlands, and Croatia will play Spain. So, looking forward to that. Who do I think is going to win that? It's in November. God, I don't know. I think I think Canada has a real shot, legitimately. Uh, but I think it looks like Italy may be the top seed. I, th I th Unfortunately, I think Italy is going to beat the U.S., and I think Italy is going to win this thing. They got too many studs on that team. Both Lorenzo, Senego, and Musetti, and then you got Yannick Sinner and, you know, the best the best player in Italy right now, uh, Matteo Berrettini. So I think they hands down wipe the floor, and we'll see what happens, though. Uh, I don't think they're as good as Russia, but I'll get off my soapbox and quit talking about this. Uh, more importantly this week, uh, something that everybody seems to have their eyes on is going to be the Laver Cup. Now, the Laver Cup is something that started, man, it had to be five years ago now. Uh, it's been a while now, and it's Team Europe versus Team World in a unique format that happens, and they pick a destination every single year. So what happens is Team Europe gets a team together, and usually it's like the big three and some other studs, and then Team World gets a team together, and some, you know, it's usually some Australians, and some Americans, and then sprinkle in between. This is what team world is. Felix Ogiele-Asim, so FAA, Taylor Fritz, Diego Schwartzman, Alex de Manure, Francis Tiafo, Jack Sock. That's team world. This is team Europe. Djokovic, Nadal, Stefano Tsitsipas, Casper Ruud, Roger Federer, Andy Murray. I mean, Andy Murray is probably the worst guy on this team, and he could probably be any like the best player on team world or like make a good run for it so i mean a little surprise i mean team world has never won this event and i hate to say it as much as i love team world to win it i don't think this is the year now let's talk about the unique format of this tournament i like i like this and I, I think a lot of people enjoy this it's really fan friendly as well uh it's five sessions over three days and it's best two out of three sets with a match tiebreaker at the end um and each player has to play at least one singles match during the first two days. So it can't you can't pick a lot of doubles players for this because they have to play singles. Easier to go singles to doubles than doubles to singles, in my opinion. Um, and then no player can play singles more than twice 
during the during the three days. So you'd expect, you know, Djokovic is going to play twice, and FAA is probably going to play twice. I expect Jack Sock to be more of a doubles guy. Um, and so the winner, the winning team must reach thirteen points. So the winning team, so you get points for each win. So uh, if if the events tied after twelve matches are played. A final overtime doubles match, a decider, is played with the regular set to, with ad scoring and a tiebreak. So, also when it comes to doubles, uh, no two doubles teams, not not no combination, can play more than once um, unless it's the decider on day three where it's tied twelve twelve. So, I believe you get more you get more points for either singles or doubles, but it goes up or whatever. Uh, Team Worlds never won it, so I, I I don't know how that would work if it gets to 12. I don't know if it's... I think it's been close a couple times, but it's never been like... I don't believe they've ever gone to a tiebreaker. It, it's a very interesting format. It keeps things interesting, I think. Um, it gets, you know, Djokovic and Nadal or Nadal and, you know, Federer or Murray playing doubles together. I think that's really cool. And especially this year with Federer's last ride, I think it's going to be interesting to see how he plays both singles and doubles and how much he plays. I would expect maybe he plays a couple doubles matches and one singles match. That that would be kind of my expectation because I don't know how well his body is holding up for a long singles match. I'm very interested to see how he plays singles, though. This year's event is going to be pretty special because, as I've mentioned, it's Roger Federer's last event. And it's going to be emotional for a lot of people. And I'm kind of a big fan of this is the way he's going out because yes, this is competitive. This is very competitive. This tournament or this little setup is competitive, but it's not the U S open, right? Like this is a very, fairly easy way for him to go out, right? Everybody's going to be cheering. You know, if you, it's not like, Oh, if you lose, you're done, right? Like it's going to be very obvious to which one his last matches. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think him and Rafa are definitely playing doubles. Um, and I think it's going to be very interesting to see the way that he goes out. I'm excited for it. I'm excited to watch him play. It's in London this year. I kind of wish he was in the United States, to be honest. Um, but nothing we can do about that. And he 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 was one of the main factors in making this event, I believe, uh, from what I've heard. And... For him to go out on his own terms at this event, I'm excited for it. I think it'll be really fun to watch him. It's going to be weird if he plays really, really, really well, though, and be like, okay, you could definitely play another Grand Slam. So that's going to be interesting to watch. If he doesn't move as well and he's not doing great, I get that. But if he comes out and he moves really well and he plays very good, I think everyone's going to be like, yo, Fed could play another one. Like, Fed could play another Grand Slam for sure, whether it's Australia or the French or Wimbledon. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens. If he comes out and plays really well and feels really well, does he take his retirement back? I'm not sure. It'll be interesting. It'll be very interesting. I'm excited to watch kind of what happens moving forward there in London. In other news in the tennis world, Dominic Team's back on the court playing some smaller tournaments. That's good to see. And Noah Rubin has kind of retired. He said he's ready for the next chapter. If you don't know who Noah Rubin is, um, I hate to say it, but that's not really shocking. He hasn't really made a, made a huge name for himself on the tour when it comes to tennis. But off the court, I think he's been a great ambassador for the sport. I was introduced to him, not personally, but his name when I worked at the U.S. Open in 2019. He's a New Yorker. He had a big following at that tournament, and uh, he j- he's just never really cracked into like being a great, great player. 
But he has highlighted the struggles of being a pro tennis player many, many times. Uh, he has a podcast called Behind the Racket, and he also has been on like CBS and stuff. They've done full stories on him and the struggles of being a pro tennis player. He's very open about it. Noah Rubin, look him up, R-U-B-I-N is his name on Instagram, and he posted a really long thing about kind of what it's like to be a pro tennis player and why he's kind of moving on to the new chapter in his life. So not necessarily a Roger Federer type retirement, but Noah Rubin is, it seems like he's getting off the court and out of the game, but he'll still be involved in one way or another. Uh, I I think he's great for the sport. There's things that he does that brings highlights to certain things about tennis. And I'm excited for him to keep highlighting those, I believe, and what's next for him. So Noah Rubin will be retiring. That's another American leaving the game. I think that's going to be it for this episode. We talked about quite a bit. Uh, the Labor Cup is this upcoming weekend. The Davis Cup happened and will happen again at some point. But the Labor Cup, this is Roger Federer's last ride. This is the last thing that he's going to do playing competitive tennis on the ATP Tour. I mean, as far as he says it, this is it. So expect this to be more dramatic than Serena's out, I think. I think they're going to have tribute videos left and right. I think there's going to be the biggest names in tennis are going to be at the Labor Cup. It's already, it's always been a spectacle. This year, it's going to be a hundred times a spectacle, I believe. God, I can't wait. See you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.